When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Listen to me. They always had the money for reparations. They've always had it. I mean, they had it in the 1800s. They had it in the 1900s. They had it in the 2000s. And they have the money for reparations right now. For all of my life, when we talk about reparations, the question has always been, who's going to pay for it? Where's the money going to come from? If the coronavirus has exposed anything, it's that we have the money. What the United States always lacks not just for reparations, but for all types of real, hardcore, systemic change, is the will. Let me unpack it. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. All of my life, I've heard that the United States is the richest country in the history of the world. You've probably heard that. I don't ever remember a time not hearing that. But over those same years, as oppressed people have demanded that this country right so many of its wrongs, the excuses have always been endless. And chief among them has always been that the United States simply does not have the money for something like reparations for 400 years of government-sanctioned slavery. It's not just about slavery. It's about slavery, lynching, Jim Crow, oppression, and discrimination that have continued until this very day. The coronavirus pandemic has exposed that lie that the United States doesn't have the money It's exposed that lie more than any single moment in our lifetime. In a matter of days, with very little research, almost no debate, no disagreement, no oversight, the United States started doling out not millions, not billions, but trillions of dollars with ease and has already burned through most of it. I've never seen anything like it. Trillions more will likely be approved next month. Trillions more after that. And let's be clear. Only a tiny fraction of all of that money is going to the CDC or to hospitals on the front lines of actually stopping this pandemic. Hundreds of billions of dollars are going into a slush fund that's overseen almost exclusively by Donald Trump. Irresponsible corporations that have paid their CEOs billions of dollars across the years are going to get bailed out. And those trillions of dollars will hardly even trickle down to everyday people. But now we know that at the drop of a dime, the United States wants to spend trillions, when the United States wants to spend trillions of dollars on something, 
It can do it. When the United States has the will to spend trillions of dollars on anything, the money is there. Now, one sophisticated plan had the true cost of reparations at about $17 trillion. And it could be spread out over time. It could be spread out over 10 years. Duke University economist and reparations expert Sandy Darity estimated that if every African-American was given the financial equivalent of what was originally promised, which was 40 acres and a mule, that it would cost about $2.6 trillion, which is less than what the United States government has spent in the past 60 days on the CARE Act and more. In other words, the money is there, but the will isn't. Intuitively, in my bones, I knew this was true, but now the full truth is out in the open for all to see. The United States could have paid reparations generations ago. In the 1970s, the economic gap between white Americans and African Americans was estimated to be in the ballpark of $500 billion. Now, since the 70s, it's exploded exponentially. What we really see is that this country could have paid for many things that it's ignored in our lifetime. It could have paid for a nationwide high-speed rail system or universal health care for all. Other countries put those things in place long ago and are all the better for it. Now, we've always had the money, and this is what I need you to understand. We've always had the money to make this country a fair, equitable, and accessible place for all people. It's just that our leaders from the top down, with very few exceptions, just faked like it wasn't possible. Now that we know it is possible, here's my question. What are we going to demand that they do? Listen, right after this musical break, I'll be right back. And I want to talk to you about universal basic income. I know you've heard people talk about it. I want to break it down and say why now is probably the best time, the most essential time in our lifetime to begin advocating for it. I'll be right back. It's the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, break it down now. As I was recording this, the new unemployment numbers came out and 5.5 million more Americans, making now about 22 million Americans, have filed for unemployment over this past month. Some of the worst numbers in the entire history of this country of 22 million people. That means many of you who are listening right now are unfortunately enduring the economic hardship that's been made so much worse by the coronavirus pandemic. Work is shut down all over the country, but your bills are still due. Hourly workers, contract workers, service workers, they're all out of work. Layoffs are being announced every day in virtually every sector of the economy, ranging from the sectors you'd expect to take a blow like retail or the airline industry or the hospitality and restaurant industry, to sectors that you wouldn't expect like government or telecommunications 
or health care. But no matter what, people still need to eat. They still need somewhere to live. They still need to be able to stay connected to health care. And the bottom line is that we need immediate, direct government support to keep paychecks coming to people who are employed and to provide a basic level of support for the 21, 22 million people that we know are unemployed. And many people now say that that number is probably at about 40 million people total. Here's what we're learning from recent polling. Paycheck guarantees. Now, that's a a phrase that you may not have heard before, but I want you to know it. Paycheck guarantees and a universal basic income are popular policies with broad support from both Democrats and Republicans. We'll get into the numbers in a little bit. But first, let's break down what we mean when we say the economy is in trouble. Break it down. The economy is in a historic downturn, and experts predict that we are entering a major economic depression. We now know that there have been nearly 22 million layoffs in the past four weeks. U.S. weekly jobless claims for the first week of April the 4th totaled 6.6 million. It's almost 5.3 million came out today. These are all-time high numbers. Over 10 million Americans filed for unemployment in the month of March. And experts in the field of economic forecasting are predicting that the unemployment rate could rise above 30% as a result of this crisis. Now, of course, this is catastrophic news for our economy, and it could get worse. And without policies that keep businesses from going under and jobs from being permanently eliminated, the downward cycle of unemployment, of lost income, of reduced demand and businesses shutting their doors, it's only going to accelerate. Now, you may have heard about the concept of a universal basic income during former presidential candidate Andrew Yang's campaign. It was really the hallmark of his campaign. And in some ways, he was ahead of his moment because his idea for universal basic income, which was really based on his understanding of where the economy was going without the coronavirus pandemic, um, people didn't fully grasp it the way they do now. You know, before the global pandemic, Yang had said that the government should provide Americans with $1,000 a month. And his argument was that in an era of technological disruption and volatile labor markets, that governments needed to provide people with greater security. And the idea seemed far-fetched to many at the time, but it's gaining real traction as we're seeing the coronavirus expose our shared vulnerability. A universal basic income is basically a set amount of money that the government sends directly to people and families. And the goal of a universal basic income is to provide enough money for a person, especially a person in a crisis situation, to be able to count on to cover their basic living expenses. It's supposed to give them stability, and it would help stabilize the economy and protect people and families from losing everything. It's supposed to give people in our economy some security. We know that people who can't cover their basic needs become homeless or have to resort to what we would call survival behaviors 
that are often dangerous or illegal. Millions of Americans who live paycheck to paycheck are going to be unable, are really are currently unable to survive for the extended duration that we're going to need them to survive to be able to continue to social distance, to avoid the worst public health effects of the coronavirus. Nearly eight in 10 Americans, including almost everybody who listens to this podcast, live paycheck to paycheck. You don't have a safety net to cover your bills if your income is interrupted. And many of you have already written me and told me you're there right now. And evidence has shown that people tend to use direct payments wisely. If you give people $2,000 a month, which is what most people now are advocating for under a universal basic income, if you gave even temporary universal basic income for the next three months or six months or nine months or through the extended time of this pandemic, studies have shown people aren't going to blow it. Of course they're not. Studies have shown over and over and over again they're going to use that to pay critical bills, to buy necessities, or to help at least put some money aside. And that direct payments would be of the greatest help to people struggling the most, particularly during this pandemic. Now, I want to tell you about something called a paycheck guarantee. And the companies that I help run, particularly the North Star, we could desperately use something like a paycheck guarantee. A paycheck guarantee is a policy by the government to make payroll grants to cover a business's payroll during a crisis. It's not unemployment. It allows workers in your company to keep their jobs and get back to work so that they can be there in place doing vital work until the economy can eventually reopen, if you will. Paycheck guarantee proposals are modeled after the payroll grants that Congress already passed in the CARES Act to help keep airline workers paid and connected to their health care, despite there being almost no air travel right now. The government passed these payroll grants to make sure that airline workers have a job to go back to, and the Congress, Congress right now, could pass a similar proposal to help all workers. Paycheck guarantees are policies that keep Americans employed And they're uniquely important in the United States since nearly 160 million Americans receive their health insurance through their employer. Because what we're seeing right now is catastrophic. As 22 million people have filed for unemployment, they now no longer have health insurance. And a paycheck guarantee is essential to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Without income, jobless workers often have to choose between physical or financial survival. And by going out to find work, some unemployed workers may be putting themselves or the general public at risk. And a paycheck guarantee says, no, 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 keep your job. Your job is there for you, whether you can perform it remotely or not, keep your job. And while there's a pandemic going on, staying safer at home is not an option for millions of Americans who just can't meet their basic financial needs. Now, these policies, universal basic income and a paycheck guarantee, they are incredibly popular with voters across party lines. Now, polling in one report found strong bipartisan support for the government 
making regular monthly cash payments to Americans. This is different than this stupid idea of a one-time $1,200 payment to Americans that is hardly going to get people through the month. In fact, what we're already seeing, and I've seen hundreds of these, of people posting screenshots from their checking accounts where their checking accounts had already gone deep into the hole. And yesterday and the day before, they got their $1,200 check and all it did was cover the hole they were in. It's not enough. And according to polling conducted by Data for Progress in partnership with our friends at the Justice Collaborative, 66% of voters, including, and this is so key, 52% of Republicans, they prefer recurring payments of $2,000 until a year after the president declares an end to the federal state of emergency. 42% of voters, including a strong number of Republicans, prefer imposing a wealth tax in order to be able to fund universal basic income. What's important here is that 52% of Republicans, a strong bipartisan majority, support a basic income of $2,000 for a year after the state of emergency ends. A total of two-thirds of voters support this policy. Let me tell you about the polling on paycheck guarantees. It's even stronger. A separate report on government-supported assistance to employers and workers who've lost their jobs due to the coronavirus shows strong bipartisan support for all different types of paycheck guarantee proposals. According to a survey conducted by Data for Progress, again in partnership with our friends at the Justice Collaborative Institute, 81% of voters support direct payments from the government to businesses in order to cover their payroll expenses if it keeps workers employed for the extent of the state of emergency. Do you hear me? 81% of voters. 89% of voters support tax credits for businesses to encourage them to rehire workers who've lost their jobs or experienced a reduction in hours due to the pandemic. That's more than four-fifths, four out of every five, eight out of every ten voters Across party lines, support paycheck guarantees. And here's what we know. A universal basic income helps the economy recover after a downturn. It's going to provide income support when people are out of work. And when they start working again, they will be secure. Earlier last week, Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib introduced what I think is the best smartest bill for universal basic income in Congress. It's called the Automatic Boost to Communities Act. And it's a bill that would immediately provide a debit card preloaded with $2,000 to every person in America. And each card would be recharged with $1,000 monthly until one year after the coronavirus crisis. This bill includes children, it includes non-citizens, including undocumented people, includes permanent residents and temporary visitors. It includes individuals who don't have a bank account because everybody gets a debit card. And what it understands is that our destiny, our future in this country is deeply interconnected and everybody needs this support. 
Uh, my friend, Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal from Washington State, just released a concept for a paycheck guarantee, and her proposal would provide payroll grants, not loans, payroll grants, to cover 100% of the base payroll of up to $100,000 for the next three months, and it would automatically renew if the pandemic continues. This would allow all businesses to keep their employees. This proposal also covers business expenses such as rent. This is key because it prevents businesses from closing down and going under, which is going to cause long-term unemployment. And it's a huge fear of mine, not only for the businesses that I oversee and manage, but for so many of my friends whose businesses have been forced to be closed, but they're still going to have to pay their rent. What are they going to do? They don't have any income to pay it. Are all of those businesses going to close down after the pandemic? Here's my conclusion, and we'll close with this today. The new polling confirms that state and federal governments should be exploring options for creating real economic stability through universal basic income and guaranteed paychecks. We need local elected officials all over the country to begin adopting these sensible and bipartisan supported measures that are going to create stability and ultimately are going to cost us less in the long term. And the recent polling shows that doing this is going to not only be popular, but supported by Republicans and Democrats, but it's going to stabilize our economy and our country during one of the worst times we've ever encountered. Listen, everybody, I've got to run. We are working on some really, really cool ideas that I can't wait to share with you. But I've got to go. Of course, thank you so much to our senior producer, Willis, our podcast director, Lissandra. Thank you, of course, to the entire wonderful team at the Justice Collaborative for their support on this episode. And as always, thank you to each and every one of you for your support. Take care, everybody. Break it down. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.